Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Hello, it's green light on time once again. It's one of those really big weeks where we get three green light ons in just the one week. So the green light is pretty much left on throughout the whole week. Sandown Thursday, Pink Diamond Friday, which we've already covered. That episode's out there Saturday night at the Meadows. It's now time to focus on headquarters, Sandown Park, and the main man down there at Sandown Park is Jason Adams, and that's why he's a part of this show. Jace, hello. Hello, Jim. How are you? You'd be great after the pies on Monday. They are flying at the moment. Absolutely flying, mate. I actually snuck up to Marysville. Um, bit of a crappy supporter I am. I thought, look, top of the table, tease. I know they've had a few issues. We won't touch on that on this podcast. But I, I didn't think we were going to beat Melbourne. Um, and, and they look, the last three or four weeks, they've, they've just found a way, haven't they? So, no, look, it's exciting times, mate. And I will say, too, Marysville golf course marysville a beautiful town we all know what they went through with the bushfires years ago so i just just love getting up there and and spending some money mate and one of the the most beautiful courses i've played it's an honesty box on public holidays so you have to scan your card it's all up to you to pay and no just just a really nice little feel up there you would have put in plenty of course Oh, I was tempted to. It said, I think, 20, 30, or 35. I, thought, I might just do a 20. And how'd you hit him, most importantly? Yeah, no, I hit him, hit him pretty well, mate, to be honest. Um, score wasn't great, as it never is. But um, for me, like, uh, I went down the first hole and, and, and used the hybrid, which for those who play just, you know, sporadic golf, the hybrid club is probably one you don't really go for. I pulled that out of the bag. No joke, I hit it 220, landed on the green. The green was that wet. The ball actually dug in underneath of the green. So that was the shot of the day, mate, and it went pretty much downhill just from there. But backspin, mate. It's just backspin. No, nah, it was just a very, very wet green. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, look, it's all happening this week. We spoke earlier um, about the Pink Diamond, Jason, and, and you'd know well and truly about the Pink Diamond. You're a part of the coverage coming up this week. And uh, just so good to be able to reward the, the breeders, the owners, everybody involved with racing. And I'm all for the Pink Diamond. I think we, we, we love it here in Victoria, and it's something we could even see more of. Yeah, 100%. I mean, what, second time around, and already it's one of the more popular series across the state. And I think a lot of people interstate as well are pretty envious about what the Victorian participants have on offer in a pink diamond series. So as we know, almost 1.2 million prize money throughout the one card of racing at a provincial track, which is the magic part about it as well. So a big, big night at the rat on Friday, Jim, I'm sure it's going to be nice and warm as well. Quite toasty. I think you'll be in the studio. So you'll be rugged up in, yeah. in the perfect elements. Well, mate, that's, that's, that's where I belong these days in the studio, nice and warm, but you know, it's a big event when the green light on premier racing podcast is covering it. Yeah. And that's the case. And one thing I will say quickly off the top as well, Jace, with the, the pink diamond meeting, you can go to that podcast and uh, have a, have a listen to that in, in detail. But I think we all sit back now a bit surprised on just what it produced last year. Obviously, Aussie Secret went on to win a Hobart 1000. Kablenz was a rookie sprinter at the time, and he went on to win a Melbourne Cup. And you pinch yourself, Mapunga Ruby was the, the rookie stayer. She goes on to do what she's done. And, and then Kalinda Patty, who would have thought she was in the worst race of the, the program, really, the, the ranking race, and qualifies, wins that, and then she goes on to do what she's done, break records in town. I mean, it, 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 you couldn't speak any higher of what happened last year at the Pink Diamond. No, you couldn't. And typically, when you do start to get those sort of indications from a series, whether it's a, a maiden series year on year that always produces, if that's the start of of what can we can expect for the pink diamond going forward and then watch out take note on friday night because as you said 
if anything, if anything that we saw last year is something to go by, then a lot of these dogs will be winning a lot of feature races over the coming 12 months. Run of the week. Run of the week. It wasn't so much the run of the week. It was the race of the week. It was uh, Sandown Park race number seven and just a classical finish. Here it is. Set to go. Ready? Racy. McCauley's lad began fairly well. Good speed, Zippy Vice, but got cross, uh, crosses it at the post. Into second, McCauley's lad stalking, and across Dafsack to third. Between runners, Tiberia Bale, and then came Pristine Image Winnington Bale. Last was Stiff Wind. Leader, Zippy Weissman, and it got away. Two lengths in front of Dafsack. McCauley's lad on the inside, but had to check, and then came Winnington Bale. The leader was Zippy Weissman. Dafsack on the outside is coming, and now McCauley's lad's launching late. The leader! Oh! Ooh. At dead set, there's four of them, and there's nothing in it. Absolutely nothing in it, and I'm not sure. <laughs> Zippy Weissman, McCooley's lad. Poor old Dan Hibbert. That's a tough job when it's like that, Jace. Uh, it's not the easiest spot to broadcast from either uh, there at Sandown because what actually happens is at the broadcast point at Sandown, you, you're a little bit before the line, and then what we see uh, after the or on the the vision is a little bit past the line. So it was a grandstand finish. As it turned out, Winnington Bale was the runner who got the head down as close a four-way finish as I can recall at Sandown Park. Yeah, amazing. I mean, for, I think it was two one-hundredths of a second to cover the top four. The old throw the handkerchief over the first four runners past the line, that was amazing. It didn't look like mid-race. It'd be that sort mm. of a finish. I mean, Winnington Bale was back in the field and it was a pretty big run in his own right. But to have a finish like that it, at any level of racing is damn exciting. Ugh, a bit of a sick watch for McCauley's lad, wasn't it? <laughs> he just so unlucky. Right, yeah, big time, yeah. right at the right time, he got that check, just stunned his momentum, had to work to the outside, and he goes down in a four-way photo by nose. So uh, it was tough. I, I, I'm still sitting there not too happy about the result, even though it was one of the greatest finishes of all time. Thursday's preview. Let's forget about what happened last week and let's move on. 12 races, Jace. We want to hammer through this. We want plenty of winners. Let's kick it off with the first. Who is winning race number one? I hope number three, my addiction. I think he's better than what his form reads so far. A couple of handy runs, but I think he's a reasonably handy type. So number three for me. My best bet, race one, number three also, my addiction. Nice I, early. Yeah, I think the red misses the kicker shade and just wants to shift up. The two's going to cross. If my addiction goes bang straight outside the lead, I'm pretty confident can be the best bet of the night from there. But I will say confidence level for this meeting, maybe a three out of ten. I'm not going to lie. It's tough. Uh, I'm more confident about the Pink Diamond coverage, so maybe click on that podcast and and follow those a little bit closer. Race number two, the Warrigal to Sandown final. We're going to have Calvin Russell on the podcast shortly. He's got Johnny Onethong going around here. I'm going in what is a tough race with done work, and I just think he's got the most scope moving forward. However, I do think the uh, the Onethong Johnny is a, is a bit of a danger to run a sneaky race out in front. How do you see it? The one thong, Johnny. Um, yeah, it's a tough race. I mean, it's difficult when you get a lot of dogs here that don't have really any city form, but uh, I settle on number five as well, done working. Race three, tricky race. I'm with Brother Bearing, but again, there's probably five, six winning hopes here. Well, we're reading from the same form guide here, Jim. I'm with Brother, Be- Brother Bearing as well, and you're right, open sort of race, but I just thought he might be able to settle in a nice spot, given he's a little bit fresh, so hopefully that counts for something. I thought McCauley's lab was stiff last week. I'm easy boys at Shepparton, uh, equally as stiff last time out. Was caught wide, found trouble, 
so, so very unlucky, but uh, I think he'll make amends here. Not a super strong city staying race. I am a little concerned now that he doesn't run 7.15 out as strong as he once did, but I'm with the red. I'm easy boys. Yeah, I'm the same. I just couldn't build a case against him. You sort of look at one like him and you think to yourself, oh, I like this dog, but you liked him sort of 12 months ago. So mm. a bit has changed in between, but I still think he's in the, in the box seat to go well. Race, uh, the next race on the program is the first leg of the quaddy. And well, this is why my confidence level is a three out of 10. I don't really know what to do here. I'm probably going to go with Zambora Ritchie, but confidence levels, maybe 21% out of 100. It's a very, very tough one. Yeah, I might be 21 and a half. Number two, I went with Rufus Scrimmenjaw. Nice draw. Um, back up in distance over the 600 metres, so I'll be with him. Radic Bale is been knocking on the door this campaign. He'll power home at the end. Probably going to give them a start, but I'm going to go with him. I reckon I can see this barnstorming finish from him and, and powering home to victory. How do you see this? Sandy Camp Road for you? No, I'm actually Ooh. with Radek, same as you. I just, look, he was nowhere last week and he finished off pretty well. You go back and look at the splits that he said. I think he come home in 10.25. Mm. That is outrageous. So, look, if he gets any sort of clear running and, and settles closer than what he did last week, Watch out for him. We don't have to give too much away, but when he gets to 600, I reckon he's going to return to his best. No doubt about that. Race seven on with Hilltop Jack. He makes his own luck. I think he leads pretty softly here. Um, and if he's out in front, say, got the talk lobbing to second, I think he might prove a little bit too good. He's been ran down his last two, but I'm happy to play the tempo setter again with Hilltop Jack. Yeah, well, we'll be experts or absolute fools because I'm with uh, Hilltop Jack as well from the red. Should settle on the pace, as we know, just... He needs a bit of a break and then the win. This is the end of the podcast. If this doesn't go well, we're either absolute fools when we're meant to be or experts. sharing tips. It's the same stuff. Yeah, well, let's see what happens. Race 8, I love the Grade yeah, 8 series, and it's back at Sandown Park. We've got a few of them, even a couple at Hillsville. I saw a few regional Grade 8s, which I think is absolutely tremendous. This one here, 595, on with Aston Ulysses, just a winning machine. It's such an even race. I think Box 1 could be all of the difference here. Yep, same. I'm with Aston Ulysses for the great man, Paula Bella. And I think Torpedo Tears is not necessarily a hard railer. So there's a bit of oxygen there for Ulysses early on. He'll take it. Race nine, the greatest name race in the history of Sandown Park. Forget about the Tab Melbourne Cup and all of those. The green light on podcast grade five. This is huge, Jay. So I think this is one of the first I've seen. Tough race, though. They could have given us an easier one to go with. I'm going with Indy Fido, though, number two. I just think really starting to find form. Has only won six out of 44, but a typical daily dog has been in the deep end from day one, so hence the stats aren't huge. But I'm going to go with him. I think you'll get cover from Fernando Mick, who I do think is a bit of a danger in box four. But there are plenty of dangers. I'll go with Indy Fido, however. Yeah, good turn of foot he's got. I'm with Fernando Mick. Don't mind the draw because he does tend to hold a, a pretty a true line. So if he can get away well, I think he's right in it. So number four, Fernando Mick. Oh, when, when, when are we going to see Belleville in over 600 metres? I, I just look at the form guide every week and it's back over 500 metres. Corey Smith's in tears over at the Meadows where the pair of us are just crying out for this dog to get 600 metres. But I, I'm going to tip him again. He, he's just such an excitement type. He's so strong late. Just not sure where he's going to get to over 500 once again. Yeah, well, if I see Tom Daly tomorrow night, I might have to uh, poke the stick at him and, and ask what's going on. But I'm with him as well. Just looks to have a lot of talent. So strong and inside draw has got to be a plus. If he Best does, of the night too, Jim, I must add as well. Yeah, it will look more reason if he gets beaten to yell and poke that stick at Tommy Daly and say bloody 600 metres, mate, tomorrow, next week. Bang.
Simple as that. Can you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, more than happy. <laughs> Loves a laugh, Tommy. So um, I'm sure we'll find something smart back. Yeah, that's it. More than happy to poke the stick at Tommy. Good on you, mate. Race 11, number one on with Cash It In. I think Jet Light Rico was hugely unlucky from a wide draw last time. It's the improver. Uh, but Cash It In's a, a serious type on the up. I'd probably play a same race multi. It didn't work out last time I did it. But Cash It In, well, I think we'll, we'll definitely finish top two. I think Jet Light Rico will be finishing in the top three or four. Yeah, clearly the most amount of upside for number one cash it in. We know it's from such a good litter and, and she looks to be certainly out there with one of the better ones from it. Race 12 on with Zipping Camilla. We had Lukey Adams on the pod last week. Gave a pretty good push for her. Thought the run was good enough and, and she probably goes down in class slightly closer to the rail. That's enough for me. Each way, Zipping Camilla. Angus keeping number two for mine. Just... Good runs have come at Geelong uh, that do stand out in his form line, but the ability's there. So I'll be with him. And you know, typically in the last race on a city card, it's not the strongest of the night. So if he can find somewhere to settle, I reckon it will go well. Hunters Punting Club. Favourite time of the podcast, Punters Punting Club. Keep it simple. Uh, that's what they say. Race one, number three, my addiction, 25 each way for me. And, I think if the red misses, as I said earlier, two will lead my addiction outside the leader at the first corner. We just don't want to see Blaze and Master or something like that come across. Yulong Yap will uh, will hit the line with that 600-metre form, but he's really, really hard to catch, uh, a lot harder to catch than the flu, let me tell you. So I'm going to go each way, my addiction, $25 each way. Jace. And the, one of the better parts of hearing three editions of the Green Lot on podcast this week, Jim, is hearing that intro three times as well. So <laughs> pat yourself on the back. I'm with race 10, number three, Bell Violin, as mentioned. Strong tight. Hopefully gets a cruisy run early on and strikes late. So you're not going to tell us what you're going to put on it? You're just going to let us work it out? Oh, just a pineapple. Yeah. On the nose? A whole, whole lot on. Oh. Yeah, unless you want to leave me. 10 bucks to buy myself a schooner or something like well, that. Well, you, you might need it. Throw it all on. Oh, look, put 40 on, leave 10 bucks for that stick that you're going to poke at Tommy Daly when it storms home and we need to get him over 500, yeah. 600 metres yeah. next week. Good luck, Jay. It's going to be a good night, mate. Cheers, mate. Enjoy. Inside Info. Inside info now, we're looking at race number two at Sandown Park, the Warrigal to Sandown final over the 5.15. I gave it away earlier, the one-eyed North Melbourne supporter who's doing it pretty tough, I think it's fair to say. He's got a greyhound by the name of Johnny Wanthong, a bit of an an unusual name as well. He's Calvin Russell from Kyabram and he's on the line, Calv. How are you? Hey, James, how are you, bud? I'm good, mate. You must be pretty excited. I think you've been waiting for a chance to break through on the podcast and, and here it is. You've got a runner in town and... Although he's $21 in the form, God, I think he's a bit of a sneaky chance. He is, mate. Yeah, look, you know, $21, he, he shouldn't be that price. It's quite an open. There was only the two heats, so it's sort of like top four sort of get through. So it's sort of like um, I was happy with that, so running third. But he'd never been to Warrigal before, and I didn't think he'd run a bad race in the fastest heat. Um, he crashes to the rails, so he's drawn well. I'm very happy where he's drawn on drawn tomorrow night. Um I think the dog in box five will be super hard to beat. Mm. If we happen to lob in the first couple, I'll be re- looking over my shoulder to see where the five is because it's won there before and it's the strongest dog and it was a really big run in the heats. He looks a promising type, no doubt about that done working. But before we, we chat about the greyhound himself, Johnny Wanthong, your involvement in greyhound racing, mate, you've been involved a long time. Can you tell us where it all began? 
Yeah, James, I probably it's probably a all my life sort of thing. I um some of my first memories are as a kid is sitting on my dad's shoulders at Olympic Park Greyhounds at I would have been three or four or something sort of like that. You know, your sort of first memories as a kid. Um, I just remember that you know the you probably remember the bizarre atmosphere at Olympic Park Greyhounds of just thousands of people crammed in, bookmakers going nuts, TAB tickets flying everywhere. It was, I think I sort of knew in the back of my mind then, but it was just uh, probably a little bit of a probably wasn't till I was sixteen or seventeen that I really sort of started to get that but sort of to get into greyhounds and I owned a dog with a mate of mine and we won a oh we won a race at Wangaratta. You know, we put every cent we probably could round up on and we got the money and we thought, how good is this? <laughs> uh, well, it, it's a slightly tougher road than that, as we know, James, but that was sort of the kickoff. And, yeah, I've, I've been involved since I was 16, so it's what's that? I'm 50 now. So, yeah, 34, 35 years, but probably all my life, really, you know. So. And, and what is it, mate, that just as I was chatting to you, you you're reminiscing about Olympic Park as well and, it sounded like there was almost an alien on the line tuning in when you were speaking. So that that's just oh, really? the, the power of Olympic Park. I actually never got there. Um, I, I wish I did. I wish I was, was old enough to go because what I hear is the atmosphere and everything was just amazing. But what what is it for you, mate, that, that makes you want to get out of bed every day and be a greyhound trainer? What is it that you love about the sport? I, I Probably early days especially was that it was the punt and the – setting a dog for a particular race and getting the money. I think that was the initial sort of side of it. But then I've also gone and I've done other jobs, James, like driving a forklift, running transport companies. And I just, I just, I didn't want to work for the man. I wanted to work for me. I wanted to, I wanted to be the one making the, the rules, the hours, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I'm, that's, and loving the dog from the first, as a, when I, when I was 16, we picked a puppy up. It was, it was just game on again. And, I've always, ever since then, it's all, all, the only thing I ever wanted to do, I did an apprenticeship as a compositor and it, it, it was just a means to buy more greyhounds. <laughs> Nearly every cent I went got pumped into them, you know, and, and, and once the bug gets you, James, you know what it's like, it's... <laughs> Yeah, look, I, I've got the bug. No two ways about that. I'm lucky I work in the industry and, you know, been able to, to train a few dogs here and there as well. But this greyhound you've got at uh, Sandown is a special story, Johnny Wanthong. A, where did the name come from? And B, the improvement of this greyhound. I know from day one you said he wasn't showing a lot of ability and he's just getting better and better and better. Can you tell us about that as well as where that strange name came from? Yeah, the the owner, Gary McKinley, uh, lives up in New South Wales and it was a random Facebook message that he wanted to get involved and he had this name. I'm just trying to put my foot on the the story is uh, they were walking along a beach and they caught uh, something to do with Johnny Wanthong and he said there's a butte name for a greyhound and I think he just come across Strike Park Racing on Facebook and uh, had that litter for sale at the time and originally was just going to buy a share in him and I think he had a good collect on the punt I'll, I'll be correct stand corrected there and he went bugger it I'll buy the whole dog <laughs> um, as soon as the dog was 12 months old and got his C5 needle, he, he wanted to call him Johnny One Thong and, and straight away he got the name as soon as he was 12 months old. And Not that I think it was going to get stolen either, but he was a bit worried. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it, it's a, it is a good story. and It's Gary's first ever dog with us. And the dog, to, uh, as you know, James, I love Hillsville and all my pre-training or most of my pre-training is up at Hillsville. All my pups go there to see how they go. And it, as, as, as you know, it balances them up and teaches them to probably gallop a bit better and this dog's 
as rough as Hundy's from day one. He's zigzagged his way. If you see his couple of early races at Hillsville, he, he doesn't run 300 metres. He was running 340 zigzagging, you know. Um, I think his first trial, he might have over in 1808. And I said to Gary, I don't think we've got much here, but I don't have breath. But I think he went 1760, and then I think he went six, uh, 17. 18 or something like that. Whoa, hey, where'd that come from? So, <laughs> well, it was a, I'll take it. It was a good surprise. As I said, he's not, he's not Brett Lee, but come a long way from that dog running 1812 and 1808, his first two over the 300 deals. Well, he's not Brett Lee, but he is Johnny Wan Thong, and that's, that's special in itself, mate. $21, obviously, you rate him as a, as a bit of an each-way play for the punters out there. Absolutely, and um, there's a bit of pace in one and two, and Johnny does crash to the rail. He just... Comes out at a 45-degree angle looking for the rails. He's done it since day dot. And a lot of the times we're um, governed by the box draw because he can inside a headache. But the the dog that did lead him last time at Warrigal, the, the final isn't at Warrigal. And I think that's a key to it. Well, I think he likes Sandown. I think mm. there's a little bit more room to move in them races early. I really, I'd love to find the If he can find the front, he'll take some running down. But as I said, done work and is the dog that I'll be looking over my shoulder with. We're up in the top two. I'm pretty confident we can be there at the finish, but the five's the one I'm worried about, that last 100 metres getting home over the top of us. Well, mate, we wish you well. No two ways about that with Johnny Wanthong going around in race number two. But just before I let you go, you're a former comedian as well, I've been told. Have you got a, have you got a little one-line joke, a clean one-line joke that we can have a bit of a laugh at? Oh, off the t- hard off the top of my head, I said one before. I said rougher than Hessian underpants. So that's sort of a, <laughs> they always want when they say what you know. Here's your dog. Is your dog ready to go? No, she's, she's rougher than Hessian underpants today. So well, mate, which I think would be pretty rough, bud. So yeah, that's it, mate. You wouldn't want to do that too often. That's for sure. That's all we want from you, Calv. You're a good man. We wish you and, and Strike Park well moving forward. But firstly, good luck with uh, with the one thong tomorrow night there at Sandown Park. Get him home, James. Thanks heaps, bud. Well, there he is, Calvin Russell from Kyabram. Terrific fella. And, yes, he is very, very quick with the one-line jokes as well, let me tell you. That wraps up another episode of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. We're up to 40 and counting. That was episode number 40. So, until next time, punters, we're going to be back again. I'll see you. Don't forget the Pink Diamond coverage is out, but we'll be back to record tomorrow for the Meadows on Saturday night. Until then, safe travelling and happy punting. Mm-hmm.